Thanks for tuning in. I'm Sarah Lee, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, our regular podcast host, CRC's research director, Mike Watson, is actually on vacation, so I'm filling in. And I'm thrilled to welcome someone that I've actually spoken with before uh, for some other work that I've done in this space. Um, He's a great interview, and he's got a lot to say about sort of woke businesses and what woke means and specifically how it relates to what's going on with uh, the United States and China. So Will Hild is my guest and he is the executive director of Consumers Research. He has, they have just recently sort of uh, unveiled a, a, a campaign to talk about a gentleman named Larry Fink uh, and Fink is uh, with a group called, a, a money management group called BlackRock. You may have seen both of their names in the news, but maybe you don't know exactly who he is, what they do, and why what he's doing is important, and maybe a little scary. So, Will, thank you for joining us. Okay, so let's talk you. a little bit. First of all, before we get into Larry Fink and BlackRock, uh, let's talk about consumers research, um, what you do, what if you want to talk at the end a little bit about what your campaign is, but what is consumers research? Where do you guys come from? I know you're an old organization, so talk to me a little bit about your group. Certainly. Well, Consumers Research is the nation's oldest consumer protection organization. We were founded in 1929. Uh, I was not there at the time. Uh, I I came on a few years ago. But we have a 90-plus year pedigree of doing mainly two things. One, educating the consumer on uh, uh, products and issues that are important for their interests. And two, uh, standing up for the consumer in the marketplace um, on issues that, that are important to them. And so that's really... That, that brings right into the to the Who is Larry Fink uh, campaign because these are uh, these are issues that are really important to them and, and that we don't think have gotten enough attention. So we're trying to educate uh, the average consumer on on this company, how much influence it has, and and the ways it affects. Right. So let's their back interest. up just a little bit before we get into Larry Fink and talk about what you guys have already done uh, when it comes to sort of woke businesses. So if you would define what woke means to you. And tell me just a little bit, I know I've written a little bit about what you've done, but tell me just a little bit about some of the other campaigns very recently that you guys have been involved with, involved in that are uh, intended to sort of stand up for the consumer. Certainly. Well, we launched something called the Consumer's First Initiative uh, about midway through last year, and it was aimed at naming and shaming companies that instead of focusing on their consumer, tried to distract from their mistreatments of their customer and the misdeeds that they may have done in the market, such as using forced labor in China as like a concrete example. And they try to distract from that by going woke, cozying up to woke politicians and woke activists. And as far as the definition of woke, this is certainly this is a term that, that the radical left took on themselves. So at some level, I'm sort of like just trying to figure out what their definition of it is. But in, in, in concrete terms, you saw companies taking very strident, uh, extreme political positions in order to cozy up to far-left publications, far-left activists to get um, you know, positive coverage in left-wing publications like the New York Times and the Washington Post. And it was clear from where we stood, given that mo- almost every one of the, all these companies, excuse me, not almost all of them, all of them, excuse me, had significant 
problems with the way that they were treating their customers and ways in which they were even producing their products ethically, like I mentioned using slave labor or forced labor in, in uh, mainland China. And so what we saw was this dynamic playing out where clearly these companies were trying to bamboozle customers to distract from these problems. And so we just came up with a simple idea, like what if we just diffuse that trick? What if we just shine a light on their problems and say, listen, you can go woke if you want to, but it's not going to get you out of having to face uh, your mistreatments of your customers. I'll give you one example uh, I think is, is one of the best. American Airlines. They've been rated two years in a row by the Wall Street Journal as the nation's worst airline. They lose the most bags. They kick the most passengers off of, off of uh, flights without, you know, un involuntarily. And suddenly, Doug Parker, uh, the CEO, uh, is out there taking positions on election integrity legislation in Texas that is broadly popular in the state getting involved in something that, he, I mean, what, what does American Airlines know about running an election? They barely know how to run an airline. Um, and so it was clear that they were trying to distract from, from his, he was trying to distract from his failures and from the company's failures when it, in, in terms of um, uh, customers. And also a big thing for Doug is he was trying to distract from the fact that in the same year of COVID when he got a multi-billion dollar taxpayer funded bailout, he gave himself an eight figure paycheck um, for running you know, that company into the ground effectively. So these are all things that he doesn't want brought up in the media. He doesn't want the, 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 the heat from that. And so he takes these political positions so that that becomes the story in the New York Times, the Washington Post, and all these other publications. We think he's a perfect example of, of like how you, the corporations were running this play and CEOs were running this play. And we made him a perfect example of why they shouldn't be doing that. Because uh, consumers research uh, will, you know, every CEO or C-suite that, is you know listening to this podcast should understand that if they try to do that they are at risk yeah of it's us interesting that them. you link sort of bad business practices in terms of how or customer you know um relationship with a business to how woke they've gotten basically i don't know if it's a one-to-one -one relationship but it does sound like that's the approach you took because you were seeing a pattern there Yeah, we saw this happening over and over again with Nike and Coca-Cola, even Major League Baseball where attendance was down but prices were up. Um, one after the other, they all joined on to some of some of this, you know, absurd stuff. They they got most of the facts wrong a lot of times when they made these pronouncements, um, and there was no focus on, you know, why are you why are you trying to get involved in state level election integrity legislation or other other types of political fights that are not germane to your business? You have no special expertise in them. Um, and, and yet your business itself is, is not doing well, is failing. And, um, and that's what you really need to be focusing on and not just covering okay, it up. So, with this uh, you stuff. mentioned uh, slave labor in China. And so that's a really good way to sort of introduce Larry Fink, I think. Um, so tell me who Larry Fink is. Tell me who BlackRock is, the company. And you have a website, Who is Larry Fink, which I think is very important to mention that because... Uh, Will's going to tell you guys who he is, but if you really, I went and read it this morning. There is just a, a list of a literally bullet pointed sort of bits of information about what this company is, who Larry Fink is, his pretty dismal past in terms of, you know, his ability to conduct business in general. So you tell me, Will, um, and I do encourage everyone to go visit the website, whoislarryfink.com, but you tell me, Will, who is Larry Fink? Certainly. Well, he's the CEO of BlackRock. BlackRock is the world's largest investment management company. They have $10 trillion under management, which is about half the size of the United States GDP. 
Um, and as such, they hold an outsized amount of power, not because of their own assets, but because of the, the fiduciary for so many other people. They have outsized power when it comes to uh, corporations here in the United States. And um, Larry Fink, of course, is the CEO of the company, as you noted. Um, and what we're really trying to help people understand is that not only is he the CEO, he is effectively a political apartheid. He is a political actor. Um, at this point, he pushes companies that they hold significant assets of to uh, follow his personal politics. He puts out, for example, an annual CEO letter uh, that is literally a letter from him to every CEO in America telling them what his political priorities are for the year and what he wants to see out of them. And to give uh, sort of an example of how powerful he could be, you know, when you're, when you're one of the top shareholders, uh, or I should say, when you control a large portion of the shares, because he's not, he, he's wealthy, but he's not, this isn't his money, this is American pension fund money, this is edu uh, educational endowment money that he controls, and he can vote that using BlackRock's control of them in a lot of different directions. And he can threaten companies with, you know, by, you know, saying no to stock, stock uh, excuse me, executive compensation. Um, he's got a lot of different carrots and sticks he can use uh, with, with the shares that, that he controls because of BlackRock's size. Um, and so companies have to pay attention despite the fact that Larry Fink has never been elected to a position. No one, no one said that he should be in charge of, of America's economy. And yet because of the size of BlackRock and the number of assets under management, he, he just has this incredible amount of sway over corporate America. And he's not yes, doing good things, do. which we can go into. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So, so Larry Fink claims that he's doing ESG investing, which is a type of investing called, it stands for environmental social governance. It's this idea that uh, you can increase long-term, he would say that you're going to increase long-term returns by getting involved in all kinds of political issues like climate, you know, for, forcing companies to abide by the Paris Accords, which of course the United States is not a party to, um, uh, which is net zero uh, carbon Completely emissions by 2050. That they... Yeah, completely, completely. I mean, it, it, you know, numerous think tanks and studies have been done. So this is, mm -hmm. this is not going to not going to happen. And yet he's made companies pledge to do it. And then they have to spend their time reporting back on their progress and how it's going. And they have to come up with you know, ways in which they're going to accomplish this. And then I'll, I'll give you a concrete example uh, of where I think he's really betrayed the American consumer. This is He's done this broadly across the entire economy. But I think this is a, look, the quintessential example. Last year... Uh, Larry used the shares of uh, Exxon that that company controls, about 7.5% of Exxon, to vote on three radical environmentalist board members to that company's board of trustees, board of directors, excuse me. And their stated goal was to get Exxon out of the oil and gas discovery and recovery business. Um, and that was back in like May of last year that they were voted on. And then as soon as October of last year, the Wall Street Journal was reported that they, reporting that they were, there were internal communications at, at Exxon. They were discussing whether they were going to divest themselves of two of their largest and most promising oil projects, one in Mozambique and one in Vietnam. And these are multi, tens of billions of dollars worth of projects. I mean, these are not small things. These are huge oil and gas recovery projects. Um, and so it's already hit, that is already having an impact. Well, Exxon is the largest, like I think one of the largest gas oil and gas producers for the, for the American consumer here in the United States. If they start divesting themselves of oil and gas projects in order to chase, you know, Larry Fink's, you know, bizarre climate change uh, personal politics, it's going to have real effects 
when it comes to what consumers pay at the pump. So it's not just a matter of, okay, you know, Exxon's other shareholders, you know, the company's not, doesn't do as well, which is also important because Exxon makes up a significant portion of a lot of people's pension funds, even the ones Larry manages. I'm not downplaying that betrayal at all. But from a consumer perspective, consumer's research, uh, we're really worried about what effects this is going to have on the price that uh, not only what consumers pay at the pump, which obviously is the most direct effect, but energy is an ingredient in the price of almost every good that, uh, that, that people, you know, ingredient that every, almost every good that people pay for. So you're going to see higher prices come out of this I'm glad, pretty much I'm no glad matter you brought what. up the oil and um, gas uh, industry because he just, you know, as, as early or as late as January of this year, he was denying that he was, you know, woke. And I do want to get into China. Uh, that he was denying that he was, you know, sort of using his own personal sort of woke politics. I, I keep saying woke, woke, woke. It's starting not to make any sense to me. <laughs> I keep saying it so much. Um, but he's been denying that this is true. And he just very recently started talking about the the oil and gas industry is actually has is not under threat from him. That just came out. So, um what what do you make of that? I mean, you guys are coming out there and saying, hey, he's doing all of this stuff, and he's absolutely denying it. Well, it's it's really interesting. That's a that's a new tune that he is singing since we started uh, this education campaign. Do you think it's because you've started this year. campaign and others have started to notice? Yeah, I think it's certainly playing a role. We've seen a huge increase in the amount of attention that uh, – uh, other media outlets have have had uh, when it comes to uh, their Larry Fink's activities and, and BlackRock. So I do think it's it's playing a role. And then they've gone out for the first time. It, it, this gets into the other side of what BlackRock's doing. They are effectively, you know, Cheryl Mills, a, a known you know Hillary Clinton uh, uh, staffer and and associate, is on the board of BlackRock. The company is very much a a uh, almost an arm of the DNC or the progressive left, I guess you could say. Suddenly, uh, for the first time, uh, they are out there collecting rental Republicans like Dahlia Blast to head their uh, government affairs uh, team. So now they have a Repu- for the first time ever, they went out and found some you know rental Republican that would head their government affairs. And suddenly, they're singing a very different tune to states like Texas and West Virginia, saying, "Oh no, no, we don't hate fossil fuels." But if you look at that letter. It goes back to the Exxon thing, actually, because if you look at the letter, one of the things they say, they say, hey, we're actually the biggest funder of fossil fuel projects. What they cite as evidence is that they're one of the biggest shareholders in Exxon. But, of course, they use those shares in Exxon mm-hmm. to destroy the company. Like, that's, they're in the middle of, 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 of detonating uh, their core business. So it's, it's, they are very much backpedaling and trying to walk back everything that they're doing. Um, but, you know, it's, it's – it's not real. They, they, they are lying about their activities and, and what it means when they say they're invested in fossil fuels and providing fossil fuels. Okay, so let's, uh, let's end this by talking about sort of the, the elephant in the room, um, and it's probably the scariest part of all of this, given sort of the state of the world today. Um, Larry Fink, and, I, and I've been reading over and over lately, a lot of conservative pundits and, and writers have been talking about China and how they sort of uh, courted the American elite, which I think Larry Fink definitely fits into that description. So tell me a lot of what the work that you've done recently on on BlackRock has to do with their relationship with China, why Larry Fink sees China as a really good long-term investment. Um, So talk to me a little bit about that and tell me why consumers research is sort of blanching at that. 
Absolutely. And this is a very important aspect of educating the public on, on Larry Fink and BlackRock's activities because in almost everything Larry Fink does, the goal is either money or power. And when it comes to the CCP, he's cozied up to them in order to get both. But he hasn't done it with his money. That's the, you know, if he was out there, like, like there's George Soros, for example. George Soros has a lot of political activities, but he, but he uses his own money to do so. Um, when it comes to Larry Fink, he's using these assets he has under management. These are assets that he's a fiduciary of, and almost all of them are American. And specifically, m- almost every pension fund in the United States has money that's being managed by BlackRock. And he's taking this money – and betting on China with American investment dollars, he's invested in in uh, you know innumerous amounts of Chinese companies. Some of which ended up being on on banned list during the Trump administration. Two companies in particular, iFlyTech and Hikvision, were both be- because they were Chinese surveillance equipment uh, companies were put on a no trade list. Uh, with you know no no United States person was allowed to trade with these companies, and yet BlackRock found them to be a wise investment. And in fact, I think there was some recent reporting that the surveillance uh, equipment from these companies was being used in in uh, in the Beijing Olympics that are going on right now. Um, so this is like a real world application where a BlackRock invested company is now. And and didn't Nancy Pelosi come out and say, not to interrupt you, but right before the Olympics, you know, hey, don't speak ill of China. And we, there were some concerns about them taking cell phones and things like that. Right, right. And it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's really scary because what's happened is the, the Chinese uh, CCP have used the, the carrot, I should say, or the treat of getting into the Chinese market in order to extract favor after favor after favor from our corporate class. And no one typifies that better than Larry Fink. The Wall Street Journal reported that he actually aided the Chinese Communist Party during their negotiations with their trade negotiations with the United States during the Trump administration. So you have him actively advising our greatest geopolitical adversary or, or you know, uh, uh, yeah, adversary, um, you know, during, during negotiations with our country. Uh, and you can see the quid pro quo. They were just given the... Uh, BlackRock was given the right to be the first foreign-owned mutual fund operating in mainland China, um, when many other countries are, or, or many other companies, excuse me, are locked out of uh, of that market. So that's really the play here. That's you know, if you have to like shorten it to one sentence or, or a couple sentences here. What's happening is that China, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, is using access to Chinese markets in order to extract favors from American corporate class. And Larry Fink is using American investment dollars to curry favor with the Chinese Communist Party. He's investing in companies that, you know, co-owned by the CCP, uh, building up their economy. I mentioned that whole Exxon thing. It all comes back to that in many ways. They are uh, about a 7.5% uh, control of the shares of Exxon. They own just about the same, or control, I should say, just about the same percentage of PetroChina, the Chinese equivalent of Exxon. Um, and there is a not completely unrealistic scenario in which if Exxon does move forward because of these radical board members that, that uh, they got voted onto the – that BlackRock got, got voted onto the board, if, if Exxon divests themselves of this, these Mozam- this Mozambique oil project and this Viet- Vietnamese oil project, there's only – there's a short list of buyers who can – you can go out and buy something that, that large, tens of billions of dollars – oil projects, and PetroChina will probably be at the top of that list. So there's a non-zero chance that BlackRock will have caused these, these, these uh, oil projects to be sold in the market to China. 
um, which I just think is a, is a perfect example. I, obviously, it hasn't happened yet, but if, if it would, it would be a perfect example uh, uh, of what's really happening, what BlackRock's really doing. And it's really – it's a breach of the fiduciary, his fiduciary responsibility both to, to the investors, the pension funds, but also as an American. I mean it's just, it's, it's just um, really startling. Uh, that, that he would be engaged in this kind of behavior. And, you know, it's not just us saying this, no less than George Soros, who's also, a, a, you know, political on the same side as, as Larry on the left, uh, twice now in, in the press, once in the Wall Street Journal, once in the Financial Times, has called Larry out for this, for cozying up to the Chinese Communist Party uh, and, and saying this is a real national security Yeah, it, it does get difficult when you, when you hear about this, read about it, learn more about what's happening. It does get sort of difficult not to, uh, you know, believe that someone like Larry Fink and, and other sort of American elites, business elites, who are engaged in this kind of behavior, that they're actually setting the United States up against China in a competition and helping China win. It, it, it looks very simple. Um, and so that's, of course, not good for the American consumer, which I understand is, you know, where you guys would come into it. So then my final question to you is, now that we've got these sort of campaigns out there where we're um, highlighting this kind of behavior um, in, in boardrooms, where does this end up, in your opinion? Do you have any prognostications about can this get rolled back? Are we, uh, is it too far gone? What are we, what are we going to do? I'm very optim- optimistic and hopeful. Here, here's the good news for your listeners. Larry Fink and BlackRock have done this very quietly and have gotten very little pushback up until about six months ago when we launched our campaign. And since then, you've seen uh, many state officials take action. Governor DeSantis took action in Florida with their pension fund. Treasurer Moore in West Virginia has taken action to pull out from BlackRock. And I am optimistic that you're going to see a number of other state uh, officials take action to say, listen, you're, you're not acting in the best uh, interests of our citizens, of our pensioners, um, and of the country, and so we're going to stop doing business with you. And I think at the federal level as well, I think you're going to start to see more and more interest in BlackRock's activities, what they're actually up to, their ties to the Chinese Communist Party, and what they're doing to the American citizen and the American consumer. Are they making – are they – you know, what, what they're supposed to be doing is, is the dual benefit, right, of investing. They're supposed to be making money for their investors and also goods and services better and cheaper for consumers. And they are doing the opposite of both of those things. They are uh, uh, putting American investment dollars at risk in China in a, company, in a country that we're increasingly acrimonious with, and they are hampering production of, good, of quality goods and services here in the United States by forcing all these American corporations to get out of their core business and to focus on Larry Fink's personal politics. So I think there's going to be more and more interest that you're going to see over, over the next you know, months, years, and I'm hopeful that we can turn this thing around. It's definitely not a done deal. People should not get discouraged by the size of BlackRock or Larry Fink. It, 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 is, a, um, it is a massive operation, but it is, it is worked only so far as it has not gotten a lot of broad interest and curiosity and, and focus. And I think we, we hope that our campaign has been has put an end to Interesting. That. And, you know, uh, if there's one thing this like truckers convoy showed us all is that the American worker and the Canadian worker and the protests all over the world against uh, mandates, you know, the average person, once they find out what's going on, they generally don't like it. So it's, uh, I think you're right. I think people should, um, you know, maybe not be discouraged. There are people working on these things and it's great to hear. So Will, can you um, give me, uh, you know, I know we've mentioned uh, whoislarryfink.com. Are there any other sites? Uh, Are you on Twitter? Is there anything you want to promote? 
Absolutely. They can go to whoislarryfink.com. That's whoislarryfink.com. And they can also learn more about BlackRock at BlackRock blackrocklovescchina.com blackrocklovescchina.com and lastly of course they can visit our website consumersresearch.org and find out okay, more cool, about everything okay cool cool well uh, thank you Will so much for coming on this has been a really interesting conversation Thank you so much. It was great to be so here. So that's our show. Um, we encourage you to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. We will talk again next week. Mm-hmm.